The conference is now being recorded. All right, my name is Matt Carbajal at the University of North Texas. I would like to introduce everybody to our March podcast where we will be going over digital ticketing and the trends that follow digital ticketing. Uh, we'll be hitting on ways offices are going digital, things from invoicing, ticket entry, new technology, and the current state of a few universities here, uh, and what some short-term and long-term goals are. On the podcast with me, I have Keith from University of Tennessee and Scott from the University of South Florida. Guys, you want to say hello and tell everybody a little bit about yourselves and what you're doing at your universities right now? Sure. Uh, so my name is Keith Marshall. I am the Associate Director of Ticket Operations here at Tennessee. I have been here for eight years. Uh, my primary roles are uh, I oversee ticketing for women's basketball, um, and then also kind of the equipment person, uh, oversee the scanners and just any of the um, technology we have going on here at the university. Hey, Matt and Keith, this is Scott Collins, Director of Ticket Operations at USF. I oversee ticket operations and lead our ticket strategies with third-party sales team, the Aspire Group. All right, and like I said, my name is Matt Carbajal. I'm at University of North Texas. I oversee all of our ticket operations and sales here. Uh, guys, it's great to have you with me here. I know we've got some really unique situations that we're going to be able to share with the membership, so I'm excited to dive into it. Uh, what I'd first like to hear is when you hear digital ticketing, what does that mean to you guys? Keith, you want to start us off? Sure. So obviously the ticketing aspects, um, what I think you know, the digital ticketing, first thoughts are mobile tickets, um, you know, adding it to Apple Wallet. Um, I know some people use the paperless tickets. Um, and also the technology that goes with that for the ability to transfer and uh, make tickets shareable on a very short notice, you know, as people's plans change. Um, outside of that, it, just because it's an aspect of ticketing, I think of, you know, going green, um, with being able to do more renewals online, uh, as far as invoicing, things like that. Um, also, the ability, you know, we have technology with view from your seats to kind of make it where people can do, um, you know, look at season tickets and their options online without having to even leave their couch or their office or home. Absolutely. Scott, you want to jump in as well? Yeah. Uh, for me, digital ticketing uh, was scary when I first heard about it. Uh, just to think about all the possible failures at an event. Um, it's, it's a lot of unknowns and a lot of being told, well, this should happen this way. So uh, it's, it's something you don't have a lot of experience in, uh, but it, it is a very useful process. There's a lot of benefits to it. Um, you talked about going green, a lot, also a lot of uh, data that's collected, a lot of convenience for fan. Uh, fortunately in Tampa, we, we have a few professional teams uh, that all use digital ticketing. Uh, we also have a younger football program, less than 25 years old, so our, our fans skew pretty young uh, compared to a lot of, a lot of our conference uh, opponents and, and state team. Um, so we're, we're kind of in the sweet spot where we have young fans that are used to having um, mobile devices in their hand with their tickets. Uh, for example, just coming to uh, 
the conference tournament that I'm at um, right now, and a lot of people I'm sure are going to be traveling soon or have traveled for conference tournament, um, using their mobile device to get onto the plane, um, getting access to their hotels. I, I think it's just a common everyday thing now, so it's not as scary, but uh, it definitely leads to a lot of positives for the future of ticketing. Yeah, and I think you hit on some great points that we can get into and dive a little deeper, you know. One is the whole idea of going green, and I think a lot of people, like Keith alluded to as well, really think of the actual ticket when, when we talk about digital ticketing. Um, so, you know, one of the things I was curious is what's the status of your guys' invoicing for some of your major sports? Are you completely paperless? Are you sending paper applications still? Um, you know, I know here at North Texas, we very recently, within the last handful of years, even went to online um, payments for invoices. So I know everybody's at various stages. Tell us a little bit about where you guys are at. For us at USF, we have been invoicing online uh, for the past few seasons, and we, we try to make it as simple as possible. That's a big part of our process. Uh, with Ticketmaster's account manager site. Um, and also when we build our invoices for renewal, one of the first tests we do is on a mobile device to make sure that it's quick and, and easy to use on a mobile device, since that most likely is the first screen that we'll see the invoice. So here at Tennessee, uh, we really do all invoicing online as well. Uh, we do have a you know, small number still, which for football um, is a it's a couple hundred people, which is not bad for the size of our fan base that don't have an email address on file. Um, we just send them postcards and say you can call us now to make your payments. Um, everybody else just gets an email that says you can now log in online. Uh, but we treat their invoice basically as once they've paid, they get a nice uh, receipt that breaks down everything. We kind of treat that now as the um, the invoice to you know that they can use for for their records, um, you know it took a couple years of moving over to audience view for people to get comfortable with that. Uh, eventually, they were perfectly fine. The the one thing that's been interesting for me to see um, one of the downfalls is everyone now because they can just go online or call us, whatever the case may be. Our credit card fees are up because we're getting a lot fewer checks. Um, really, are down to just the old school folks or the businesses that want to pay by check. So our credit card fees are up, but it's amazing uh, the number of man hours of opening envelopes and you know, putting the checks into the system and depositing those um, has been incredible. So it's almost worth that little extra cost because we also then save off of all the mailing of those invoices as well. Yeah, that's a great point, Keith, with the offsetting costs. And I know, uh, I know some – some teams and schools even go the extra mile of either offering discounts or incentives to um, cover the fee, that kind of thing. Are you guys doing anything like that to even further offset those? Yeah, we did adjust. Uh, our order charges are taxed here at the University of Tennessee. So this past year when we, we went to the mobile only, we just took a hard look at everything. And kind of dropped the order charge and we made everything per tickets which are not taxed so um kind of same amount of money but we're also making more money just because of those taxes and then we did delivery fees as well um 
to you know kind of push mobile uh, ticketing, but also uh, add add to that as well to help offset some of that. Awesome, Scott. Are you guys doing anything like that? We've talked about it. We um, have tried to uh, enhance what we do with our our season tickets uh, instead of um, maybe what we would have spent on shipping out invoices. We we try to enhance the season ticket by making uh, our season ticket member box a little bit better, including gifts and and hopefully adding some value there. All right, that's great. Um, let's get let's get into a little bit of you know what most of us think of and probably the meat of the conversation and the actual tickets and the ticket entry process. Um, let's talk a little bit about you know where are you guys at at your universities? Are you sending out season tickets on hard stock? Are you restricting single games to mobile or print at home or anything like that? Is it all options, any type of restrictions. Uh, I know Scott, you'll uh, you'll be able to give us some very valuable insight from a unique situation that you guys are in. Absolutely. Uh, we currently produce season ticket cards and one parking placard for the entire season. Uh, so that scans them into each game. Most other tickets in advance are managed on a mobile device or texted by our sales team via SMS. Uh, but that, that always leaves us with group tickets, and they're the hardest to manage, especially for our super group, those with over 100 tickets or so. Uh, but our sales team does a great job of explaining how to transfer tickets and their step-by-step guides for each of the group leaders. For this past season, we actually converted our walk-up sales process to uh, texting fans their tickets, so we no longer require bokeh printers at every window. And it sped up the process by getting tickets to our fans uh, faster through their cell phones. Um, in a recent fan survey, 85% of our fans uh, thought it was a great process and really enjoyed it. So it's uh, not so scary anymore to, to go mobile. But we still have that one last barrier, and that's the compliance tickets for us. They're still printed and pre-printed, and they're hard tickets. Um, and we still have that way that everybody does. Uh, to sign compliance forms. Um, hopefully there's a company like DocuSign or Jump Forward uh, that can kind of come together and solve this problem for us. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that that'll be the next steps in the future. Yeah, that's that's really great. Why don't Can we uh, take a little bit of a step back and tell everybody yeah. about what your stadium situation is and how you guys got sort of pushed into the mobile world um, fairly aggressively and, and got yourselves <laughs> to where you're at uh, almost 100% mobile ticketing at this point. Yes, we play at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and multiple Super Bowls, multiple college football playoffs, uh, Taylor Swift concerts, all the biggest names in, in music. So they like to have the best security features out there possible. So every year there's something a little bit different that we have to try to do. Um, Currently, this, this past year, we actually, uh, not only did we eliminate most barcodes, we just had those season ticket barcodes, but we eliminated QR codes towards the end of the season. So we we didn't have any anything to screenshot or to share on the secondary market or or any of those fraudulent ways that, that sometimes pop up on game day. Um, instead, our fans were using tap-and-go technology. Uh, so 
we had a slow process where we rolled out tap and go technology uh, for one game. We started at 25% and the next game it was 50% and, and so on and so forth until the last game we, we eliminated all of the, the codes that you can visibly see on your screen. Yeah, that's pretty pretty amazing. And, you know, with, with where the NFL is going, uh, I'm sure it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse for you to uh, be able to hop on board with that technology. It's great. It, it is really valuable. You get to see a lot of great reporting um, and see um, who and what specific seats tap into the building. Um, and uh, I think that that's just going to be a thing we deal with every year, being in an NFL stadium. Um, with the NFL and Ticketmaster's agreement, there's there's always going to be some next level of security that we just have to adapt to. Sure. And then, you know, Keith Scott mentioned to us that their football program is fairly young at about 25 years old. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, we've got the tradition of the Vols. Um, talk to us a little bit about where you guys are on the ticket entry process as far as hard stock, cards, mobile, all that kind of good stuff? Sure. So starting from a season ticket standpoint, uh, this year for the first time we are going to offer um, mobile delivery for our season tickets. Um, it's been something folks have asked for a while, um, certain segments of our fan base, and we, we weren't real comfortable until we went to the mobile uh, delivery from a single game standpoint, kind of tested it, got used to things. So this year we decided to offer that, um, which going back to saving on our costs, we are still going to charge the same um, for the season handling just because of credit card cost, um, whether you, no matter what delivery you choose. So that'll help us recoup some of that uh, printing cost as well. Uh, and then from a, a single game standpoint, so a couple years ago um, we were hosting in football, Florida and Alabama, and a lot of our bigger games, we were just seeing a lot of issues with the traditional print at home, just seeing numerous copies or someone, you know, used Photoshop and, and messed with it. I think a couple years ago for an Oklahoma game, somebody had taken, you know, whatever our second game of the year was, taken that $35 ticket and um, bought that, used that barcode, and put the Oklahoma name on there and, and obviously sold that for a higher value. So we realized there were things that you know, that was our major problem on game day for football was just out of all the tickets we saw that were invalid, it was printed home. Then for basketball, very same year, we had the number one team in the country um, and had a lot of premium Saturday games and sold those out. And we had, again, more issues that we were seeing with printed home. So we decided this past year, um, or I guess last year, that we wanted to go to uh, mobile delivery rather than the print at home and you know it's it's been fantastic um so basically as i mentioned we did the, the delivery charges to really push that um and we saw all those issues um just drop now again so that could be our schedule we didn't have a florida or alabama um but i, I really think there were just things that we did to help with our game day issues um that have been really, really positive for our office and made it easier on our game day staff. Um, you know, one of the one of the other parts that I would say too that's been helpful from a game day standpoint is that 
with it being a mobile ticket, people have the ability to log into their account and reissue that ticket or add it to their Apple wallet. So it also helped from a reprint. Um, you know, Even the week prior to the game, when we'd be constantly dealing with reprints requests, things like that, um, you know, we had the, had the ability now to tell them, hey, log in, add it to wallet. It allows you the ability to transfer it to someone. Or if you're using it, it just you know, add it right to your smartphone. And you know, most cases, that was very easy because that's what everybody has these days. Um, made it very easy for them to reissue that ticket that they forgot or whatever and, and get in on the day of game without causing much of a hassle to us. Sure. And then, you know, I think, Keith, this is a little bit more for you with uh, just the state that USF is already in. But, you know, do you envision a time where Tennessee would be 100% mobile, or is that even a goal for you guys? Definitely a goal. Um, is it, you know, within the next couple of years? I don't know. Uh, that's funny. I got an email today since you brought that up. Um, you know, there were discussions at the SEC meetings we, we had um, over at the basketball tournament, and some schools are talking about doing a mobile delivery option this year because we do barcode sharing with all the SEC schools, and mobile delivery was brought up. Um, so the more I think, you know, and I think Scott brought this up earlier, it's just the more that everybody gets used to it and you start segmenting, you know, that percentage of people that aren't comfortable with it, it just gets smaller and smaller. So I don't know if they'll be in the next couple of years, but um, I definitely think we could get there. Um, you know, if you, we got a, a small group of people, I think they'll adjust over time and we'll work with them and communicate. Um, you know, for now, I think we're just going to keep encouraging the mobile ticketing um, and try to convert everybody as much as we can before really pressing hard on them with that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Scott, you know, uh, both you and Keith hit a lot on the security features and functionality of going mobile. And one thing you touched on before that I think we'd love to hear you expand on a little bit is just the data that you're capturing and, you know, what does that look like? How has that increased? How has the quality increased? And, you know, probably the most useful for everybody is what about it is actionable that you've been able to execute on at this point? Yeah, Keith actually brought up a good point. Uh, fans that, that forward their tickets on to other fans has been a great uh, source of leads for us. Also, uh, enabling mobile tickets with our brokers is, is a good way to get future leads uh, for our sales team. So in the past year, since moving everything over to mobile or virtually everything over to mobile, we have 15 times more data on our fans than we have in the past few seasons on average. Uh, so we're getting way more leads than we ever have. And for such a young university with not a lot of data on our alumni and our fans, it's, it's been very vital for our sales team. There's specific campaigns that we're creating uh, because we know where they sat, what game they went to, or how many games they went to. If they bought multiple tickets through the broker, we can see all that. If we if they went to specific sections multiple times with fans, that's an easy seat add-on for a season ticket. Um, so it's been great, great source of data. Um, not just knowing who's getting it, but when they're getting it and, and how they're getting it, if it's um, being passed to them um, through their iPhone or Android or, or through their email. It's been a great source of data. Yeah, Keith, I'm sure you would uh, echo a lot of those sentiments, but anything else you'd like to share on the data front, we would love to hear as well. 
Um, you know, for us, um, the mobile ticketing. I was gonna I was gonna mention this later, but it's a great time to bring it up from a uh, data standpoint. So we have a partnership with Vivid Seats, and we are integrated uh, with with the Audience View ticketing system. Um, so it's been great because one, it's all mobile ticketing. Um, you know, the tickets that are they're put up there, sold away. Everything is mobile delivery and makes it easy on us. But it's also just another way that you know we get all that data, and it's people that we're constantly pushing. Um, you know, what's called the GBO Insider. You know, just updates on our events and what's going on sale, what's happening. Um, so we have definitely utilized that to our advantage, um, knowing that hey, they're interested in our event. So. Um, you know, that's definitely been a huge piece, critical piece for us, I think, from both the um, game day operation standpoint and not having to deal with issues as well as the data standpoint, um, you know, trying to get them back for other future events. Absolutely. And here at UNT, you know, we're, we're on the same page with everything you guys are saying as far as generating new leads, the security that it affords, um, you know, one thing maybe we should have hit on on the intros, uh, just to paint a little bit of a better picture for the audience, uh, is, you know, we're three ops people that are all working on different operating systems, ticketing software. So I think, you know, that really speaks to the globalness of digital ticketing. And, you know, really it's, you know, the buttons that you push in your system aren't going to be the same, but really we're, I think it speaks to that. We're all trying to get to the same outcome here, uh, regardless of who you're partnered with, which I think is a really unique uh, piece to this puzzle, personally. Yeah, definitely. Um, that ties in a little bit, you know, to transition over. Uh, do you guys have when it comes to the digital side, what are some short-term goals? What are some long-term goals? Uh, if you don't mind maybe getting into the more specific, little bit nitty-gritty of it, uh, and I don't mind starting, you know, right here we are, here at North Texas, we are hard stock season tickets. We have single game hard stock, print at home, and mobile. Um, and, you know, I think our first step in the crawl, walk, run journey, I think for us, you know, the immediate goal is really to eliminate the print at home, um, which has been a relatively new feature for our fan base. Uh, so, you know, I worry a little bit about something that they've just recently gotten and are enjoying using uh, and taking that away and telling them to push it to their phone, because obviously that's a, that's a big jump for a lot of people. But in the short term, I think that's um, you know, one of my main goals here with long-term being, you know, I'd love to get to where you guys are at, where we're offering, not only offering, but really incentivizing and executing on mobile season tickets and what that looks like for the majority of our fan base here. Yeah, I think an important part of that, Matt, is, is the first steps of communication. Um, that was one of the the big points for us. When our new AD came in, he came from the college football playoff where they're used to mobile ticketing and they were one of the first. So he was on board. Uh, but then I, I had him in right behind me and supporting me to, to get our senior leadership on board and our older uh, development officers and, and getting them to buy into the whole process. 
Absolutely. Um, for us, I, I kind of already raised over it a little bit, but I, I think our short-term goal we've already implemented um, is, is the mobile season tickets. Um, we typically like to test things on a smaller basis, uh, but we are going to jump right in with football this year uh, because it seems to be one that has uh, probably the highest demand just because it has the most ticket sales. Um, so that is probably the, the one piece. Um, you know, and we also do currently uh, what's called the Vol Pass, and it, and I would say this is kind of digital digital uh, ticketing related, just from a standpoint of finding packages like this where somebody buys a package and they they choose their tickets the week of the game. And I'm sure you all heard about many different versions of this, but just finding ways to do that where. All the, the delivery is mobile delivery. Um, you know, anything we can do, looking for anyone, you know, whether they're a recent grad or, you know, 60 to 70 years old, uh, whatever the case may be, just trying to find something that appeals to them, um, whether it's the buyer that wants to buy in the middle of the summer or someone that's the week of the game, you know, and just making it as easy as possible for them. Um, you know, kind of why we decided to go that direction with, with the mobile season. Um, and digital ticking just in general. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, one of the things we've hit on a little bit, just thinking of all of our different members and being in different points on this journey, I think, you know, what you hear a lot of people anecdotally talk about are, you know, almost sometimes the worries of how technology plays into it, you know. Um, our stadium doesn't have Wi-Fi. We don't have great cell service. And I, I think probably at 100 stadiums, there's 100 varying levels of connectivity and uh, different technology. So can you guys speak to a little bit about maybe what your current technology setup is like? How much of a worry was that for you to, uh, you know, take some of the steps that you're going with? And maybe what are some things that, or maybe like false worries, like uh, that you know you have to have Wi-Fi or those kind of things if you feel that way. So yeah, we. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, you go ahead, Keith. So here at Tennessee, we do have um, Wi-Fi at, at all of our venues. Uh, we scan. We took it for five events, and we scan at all all of those venues and at sports. Um, you know, one of the things we did to make it's easy and make sure we didn't have we had as few issues as possible. We have our own separate access points on our own separate network uh, that only the scanners are touching, so it doesn't get bogged down. Um, you know, probably my worries just coming up with solutions and options if and when the network goes down. You know, sometimes you get to Neon Stadium and an access point is down, or somebody's hopefully just unplugged it and it's an easy fix, but um, you know, you never know when that is going to go down. Just having a backup plan for it, whether it's tearing tickets or, you know, we've used hotspots. Um, you know, when we've hosted uh, soccer postseason in the past, it's not a regular season ticketed event, but we do ticket during the postseason, and we don't want to just install an access point there for one event a year. So we just use hotspots. Um, and so that's kind of become our, our backup plan is we've got, a hot spot here in the office, and hopefully, if it's just one, um, 
and one that goes down, we can grab that real quick, you know, and that can cover the scanners there at a gate. And if, if not, if they're all down, you know, just go old school. Tear the tickets or, you know, whatever you got to do to get, get the people in and happy. Yeah, it's definitely a very creative solution with the hotspot. Your Wi-Fi is very important and in, in a big part of our success at USF. We're lucky that the Bucks uh, recently, a few years ago, paid more than $20 million to upgrade their Wi-Fi and in turn our Wi-Fi. So uh, it's it's a great amenity and, and we're lucky to have that. Um, it w we also probably should talk about the 5G and, and the future of that uh, coming. You, you talked about uh, scanners being on Wi-Fi. If, if we're getting to the future where uh, there's 5G, um, it shouldn't be too much longer where our scanners are, are going to be on 5G and no longer require Wi-Fi. So that'll be a big help. And I'm curious uh, how many um, of these big multi-million dollar Wi-Fi upgrades will, will soon be obsolete if we move towards 5G. Yeah, that's certainly an interesting point. And I think, you know, just anecdotally on the Wi-Fi um, side of things for for those listeners that don't have Wi-Fi at their stadium, um, in my time at Ohio State previous to North Texas, prior to us having free public Wi-Fi, we hosted a Taylor Swift 100% mobile concert at our stadium. Uh, and while we were concerned about not having public Wi-Fi, one of the things we did do is work with our university IT team to set up um, basically like a free Wi-Fi and charging station outside of the stadium. So, you know, the coverage wasn't the whole stadium by any means, but it at least offered um, a place we could direct fans that we said, hey, if your phone died or you didn't download your ticket, go over here, get your ticket downloaded, add it to your Apple wallet, and then you can get in that way. Um, so I think there's some pretty creative things that you can do, whether it's, you know, hotspots, um, mobile access points, you know, temporary free hot mobile spots. Um, you know, definitely some things that are out there that you can do if you're not going to be investing in Wi-Fi. And then, you know, even to Scott's point, is, is that even a wise investment moving forward? Yeah, Matt, you bring um, up the, about the batteries. Yeah, go ahead. always concerned, too, on batteries, on mobile devices. A lot of times people are afraid that their devices won't be charged and, and then their battery will be dead, and then they can't get into the big game. Um, but that's something I know a lot of professional teams work with their sponsorship um, to kind of create a charging station, uh, like a racetrack charging station or a gas station charging station or something like that. Uh, where it's easy benefit and and something that uh, a lot of fans can use and and bring awareness to the sponsor, but also charge up their their phone before they go in. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't know how you guys um, feel about this, but you know, I kind of feel like that's almost a crutch a little bit when you know the reality is how many times how many times does your phone completely die? Uh, you know at 7 o'clock at night, 5 o'clock at night, noon on a Saturday. Uh, and sure, while it may happen here and there, uh, is that really something that you should consistently worry about over, you know, say, a 20-game basketball schedule? 
I agree with that completely. We rarely have any of those situations um, in the past couple of seasons. One of the last things I wanted to hit on with you guys was just if you're using any type of, um, you know, cool other cool other technologies, whether it's maybe a self-service scanning stations, uh, anything like that, or if you see anything like that in your future for your uh, stadium setups. We are currently not using anything cool like that, um, but since you brought that up, the, the the scanning stations, um, you know, I would I would like to head down that path. You, you see it a lot. Um, you know, I know we travel for women's basketball at LSU, and they had, um, you know, it was like going up to the airport, and here's the people are just, but they're scanning their own tickets. Um, would love to get to that just to make it easier on you know our our ushers who have to work all those games and deal with you know a hundred thousand people coming through those those gates. Um, just something that I think would be just easier for everyone. You're telling everybody to hold their ticket, and still having, you know, somebody that's probably not always technology friendly um, trying to work that scanner. So I, I think something is just there um, is the ideal situation for us. We have started looking into it. Um, just need to take time. I don't know if it'll happen this year or not, but we are looking at replacing some of our scanners. So I, I'm kind of looking ahead to see how quickly we could turn that around. We yeah, that's really awesome. And I think, I think you hit on a good point of, uh, you know, how can you better utilize some of that staff as well? Instead of having their head down scanning a ticket, they can be a little bit more engaged. We currently don't have any self-service scanners. Uh, I've seen the bugs and the lightning use them and, and they're great pieces of technology. It's very convenient for fans. It, it lights up and tells them to please proceed and it does allow attendance and to be better at greeting and, and uh, welcoming fans into the venue. Um, and oftentimes there, there's a situation where uh, the screen will tell them um, that the barcode isn't good or, or the tap and go isn't working and oftentimes it's, it's just use your error, but it, it tells the fan quickly what to do. So sometimes it's more efficient than a human. Yeah, definitely an interesting development that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll start seeing a lot more of, uh, if not on the college side, definitely on the pro side, I would imagine here in the near future. All right. Well, uh, I think we're running up on time here, gentlemen. So, uh, any parting thoughts or last words you guys wanted to get in as far as digital ticketing goes? Well, if you're on the fence, I would, after having done it for a year, I would say do it. Uh, you know, the one thing that we haven't really talked about here, but I think you know, is important. Um, it's so easy to forget your tickets at home, uh, whether it's you know, or leave your printed ticket in the car. But the one that we always have on us, you know, in this day and age, is our phone. Um, so I think just from uh, helping people remember and you know not forgetting you know leaving your tickets at home, it's always a good thing. Um, but the other piece of advice would be to test everything as you go through it. Um, obviously, when you're changing from your regular barcode uh, to a QR barcode, um, things are different, um, could be different, and just make sure everything is working before you start launching that out there to everyone and 
guy go back and something you both brought up, you know, also the instructions for the fans um, are really, really important. Um, you know, most of the time, if you've got that out there for them, even if they can't quite get it, you, you can push them in the right direction and make that easier on them, and they'll be more comfortable doing it the next time as well. Thank you, Matt and Keith and Nato for having me on, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, for us, it's there's been zero regrets in digital ticketing and mobile ticketing, our whole rollout. Um, but we, we had to get buy-in from our department. I can't stress that enough. Um, from our AD down uh, to the parking attendant, the ticket scanner, the mascot, whoever, uh, we we had to have everybody on the same page that this is the direction we're going in, and these are the reasons why. It it helps the fans. It it saves costs. There's there's a plenty of reasons why um, it's it's beneficial for for your universities. Um, but also, Keith brought up another good point: the the communication with fans. Once you turn on mobile ticketing and transferring to, to fans, then those fans are going to capture their data and be able to communicate with them before the game to make their process even more enjoyable. Hey, if you're coming from this direction to the stadium, this is the parking lot to go into. Make sure this is how you use your mobile device to get into the game. And that way you're, you're providing a better experience to them. Yeah, that's great. I think, you know, I think I'm hearing we're all on the same page that it's all about buy-in from your team uh, from the top down and then having a solid communication plan that you can execute on uh, so that everybody's on the same page from your staff to your fans. All right, and then uh, once again, on behalf of uh, Keith and Scott, I'm Matt Carbajal, and we'd just like to say thank you to the NATSO membership for having us for this podcast.